Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 welcome. Hey, you know the clue is when I say three or four welcomes, that's how many guests I have. So we have four today. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We are live here on the last day of August 2016. Can you believe where summer went? The buzz on the street is boom right now. What is she talking about? Okay, let's get serious. Futurist Edie Wiener, W-E-I-N-E-R, author of Future Think, coined the term Templosion. Let me spell that for you if you're not familiar with it. T-E-M-P-L-O-S-I-O-N. Look it up. To describe a world of rapid and massive changes happening in increasingly compressed time frames. That's where the boom now comes from. You can look her up. Future The future three big trends to monitor. How far will the shockwaves of this trend be felt? Well, we have it on good advice that this templosive acceleration of digital transformation will soon extend into a bastion of not being exactly up to date on technology. I'm talking about finance. What's going to happen with finance? Well, they're going to have to open the door or it's going to be banging down the door with such innovations as artificial intelligence, virtual reality, and smart machines. And all of those innovations are going to be taking a significant role in finance any day now. So finance probably needs a new business model to adopt and to adapt to what we love to call disruptive technologies. You think they're going to take this easily? Probably not. But our panel of experts is going to help every one of you in finance or those of you who are just watching on the sidelines saying, hmm, how's this going to all work out? Our panel is going to help us all figure this out and give us the clues and the tips and the strategies that finance needs to be paying attention to. By the way, this is part two of a topic we started here on Coffee Break in June 2016, just a few weeks ago. So I'm delighted to have our panel back. Let me tell you who's joining us today before I start introducing them. Sam Parikh, Managing Director of the SAP Practice at Deloitte Consulting, and shout out to all our friends at Deloitte. Sam is back. He is joined by John Essig, Senior EPM Solution Director at Simplify, S-I-M-P-L-E-F-I. Welcoming John back. Joining the panel, and he wasn't on this topic, but he's been on other shows with us, Shrikant Tama, a Senior Manager in Deloitte Consulting's Technology Practice. And rounding out the panel is the lady who introduced us to the concept of Templosion here on Coffee Break with Game Changers is Karuna Mukherjee. She's a Senior Director of Product Marketing in the Enterprise Performance Management, that's EPM team at SAP. And we're delighted, Karuna, that this was such a great topic. We wanted to come back and do more. So now let me start off by welcoming Sam Parikh at Deloitte. And Sam has sent us a quote from Steve Jobs. Always thrilled to have quotes from Steve. Uh, Let me just read a little bio in case some of you have really been hiding under a rock. Steve and Paul Steve Jobs lived from 1955 to 2011. Coincidentally, he passed away on October 5th that year. That was the day we debuted Coffee Break with Game Changers. He was an American information technology entrepreneur and inventor, the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Apple, CEO and major 
majority shareholder of Pixar Animation Studios, a member of the Walt Disney Company's Board of Directors following its acquisition of Pixar, and founder, chairman, and CEO of Next, Inc. He is widely recognized as a pioneer of the microcomputer revolution of the 70s, along with Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, who was a guest on Dancing with the Stars a few years ago. We'll leave that one alone. In case you're interested about his personal life, Steve Jobs actually dated Joan Baez, who already had a relationship with Bob Dylan, who was one of Steve Jobs' musical idols. But I digress. Here's the quote Sam has picked. Computers themselves and software yet to be developed will revolutionize the way we learn. Sam, welcome back. How have you been? Doing very well, Bonnie. Thank you. Glad to be back on the show. We're delighted. So, Sam, love the quote from Steve Jobs. Always thrilled to have him on the show. He's near and dear to us. So tell me, how did you pick this quote? We're talking about Templosion. We're talking about rapid changes. We're talking about compressed time frames. And we're talking about the bastion of finance. So tell us how this quote relates to all of that, please. So, interestingly, uh, taking into the topic and what I want to talk today, uh, that's where I picked up the quote. Um, where I want to go today is to talk about, talk more about artificial intelligence, the robotics process automation, and cognitive learning. These are the, some of the topics we touched on the prior shows, Bonnie, but I think it's kind of amazing that in, in this short few months, there's been so much research that has come out mm-hmm. on these topics. And when I looked at this quote from Steve Jobs, I think it looked quite relevant the part that Steve Jobs may have wanted to say is not only it will revolutionize the way we learn, but it's also revolutionizing the way we work, especially when we take a look at the finance, and we'll talk more about that on the show, is the way the technology is evolving, the way the cognitive learning is evolving, and the way the computers are made to be more self-learning, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that concept just sounds like, you know, something coming from the Star Trek and seems so far away, becoming so much real now. It's all changing the way the world of finance is working, the way the finance operations are working. So, hence my quote. Uh, let's talk more about that. Uh, but I, I do think the world is exciting and, and technology and the software that is being developed is definitely revolutionizing the, the way we, we work and we, we learn. Thank you, Sam. Very thoughtful and insightful description of the quote and relating it to our topic. And the key word that jumps out for me, Sam, in this quote from Steve Jobs is the word learn. And I'm thinking of finance, and, and we can talk later, uh, all of us. I'll probably ask a, a, a bonus question somewhere in the middle of the end of the show about the infiltration or the influx of millennials into the mid to higher ranks of people who are in finance. And they are learning and they are growing and they've been learning since I think they, they open their eyes, and what about the older generation, I'll just term it that way, the older demographic who is still in finance and their interest in or their willingness to learn. Let's just leave that one on the table. Sam, pleasure to have you back. And now let me welcome John Essig from Simplify, and John has sent a quote from Ken Olson at DEC. Uh-huh. Let me read a little background here, John, before I give, give everybody the quote. Kenneth Harry, Ken Olson, 1926 to 2011. Wow, he passed away just about, oh, 
let's see, eight months before Steve Jobs did. That's interesting. Uh, Olson was an American engineer who founded DEC, those of us in the biz, DEC, that's Digital Equipment Corporation, and he did it with his colleague Harlan Anderson. A couple of facts about Olson. During his studies at MIT, the Office of Naval Research of the U.S. Department of the Navy recruited Ken Olson to help build a computerized flight simulator. That's how high up on the food chain he was. And let's see one more thing. He was known throughout his career for his paternalistic management style and fostering of engineering innovation. He didn't like fancy schmancy. As a matter of fact, Ken Olson kept an office in an old mill building, but his staff didn't like that. So they built him an expensive, fancy, modern office. And you know what? He refused to use it. So there. He was also an accomplished pilot and flew his own plane and sometimes popped in on suppliers unannounced. He sounds like quite a guy. Here's the quote John has selected from Ken Olson. Quote, there is no reason anyone would want a computer in their home. John Essig, that's quite a daring quote from somebody like Ken Olson. How are you, John? Pretty good, Bonnie. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Happy to have you back, always. So tell me, are you a big fan or follower of Mr. Olson from Dick? So I've been reading uh, a book, The Corporate Culture Survival Guide, uh, which was written by a guy who did quite a bit of consulting work with Dick from a change management perspective as well as from a cultural perspective. He had a background in industrial organizational psychology. Uh, so that. That's how I was introduced a little bit more to to Ken Olson, uh, and obviously he's an extremely intelligent person. Built what what was a, a very successful company, and I think it's interesting. The reason that I found this quote and it kind of stuck out to me uh, when when getting ready for this show is as we look at how fast technology is changing, as we look at implications in machine learning, uh, as we look at, I even have a, another second quote uh, in relation to, to cloud computing here, um, you know, even the smartest, smartest people in the room don't always necessarily get it right. Um, so I, we need to... Maybe that can be a little foreshadowing for the end of our conversation when we do our, our own predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, there's, there's a lot of change out there. It's, it's hard to see clearly uh, when and where we're going to see the impact of some of these components like machine learning. And for me, you know, I've seen a lot of change as it relates to, uh, in the more immediate future, like cloud computing. So that's something I want to dive into a little later, but I'll leave that for the round topic table. Thank you very much, John. Pleasure. Appreciate that. Good choice of quote. And now let's bring on our third panelist, Srikanth Tama from Deloitte. And he has sent me a quote from E.F. Schumacher. I had to look this one up. Schumacher is Ernst Friedrich. That's the E.F. Fritz Schumacher, 1911 to 1977. He was an internationally influential economic thinker, statistician, and economist in the U.K. And he served as the chief economic advisor to the U.K. National Coal Board for two decades. And here's something very interesting. According to the Literary Times 
the Times Literary Supplement in 1995, Schumacher's 1973 book, Small is Beautiful, a study of economics as if people mattered, I love the title, was among the 100 most influential books published since World War II. It was translated into many languages, and Schumacher's basic development theories have been summed up also in the catchphrases intermediate size and intermediate technology. In 1977, let's see, that's the year he passed away, he published a guide for the perplexed, <laughs> okay, as a critique of materialist scientism and exploration of the future and organization of knowledge. Quite a guy. Here's the quotes Recanth has selected. Any intelligent fool can make things bigger, more complex, and more violent. It takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to move in the opposite direction. Recanth, welcome back to Game Changers. How are you today? I'm doing good, Bonnie. Thanks. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for asking. Tell me about, uh, have you read the book, Small is Beautiful, A Study of Economics as If People Mattered, or his guide for the perplexed? Tell me. Um, I, I've not read the book. I, you know, while I was doing my master's in economics, I read some of the works of Schumacher. Um, and actually, in preparation for this show, I was looking up, you know, the, the Templosion, uh, what does it mean? And while reading about that, um, I, I think I was a little perplexed. You know, there's a lot happening in a lot less time. Uh, but in, in terms of relevance for this topic, uh, my thought was, how do we take all of this and then make it simple for uh, for the users, right? So that was my um, line of, I guess, keyword search on Google. And then I ran into this quote by Schumacher on simplicity, right? Um, I, I wish the quote was, uh, instead of any intelligent fool, it could have been just anyone can make things bigger, better, uh, complex, and, and violent. But it's really, uh, so to the second half of the quote, it's really the job of the, uh, the C-suite, especially the CFO and the CIO of the organizations to take all of these that's happening at a rapid pace and make it simple, make it a better user experience for their, for their business function. Thank you very much. Very thoughtful answer as well. Um, I, I really appreciated your remark about, uh, yes, a guide for the perplexed. I think a lot of people should probably read that. Do you think, uh, l- let me just reflect back on the second part of our topic, not just implosion, but we're casting our spotlight today, if you will, on the finance. We're not, not trying to pick on them, but we are. Do you think finance is perplexed by all of this? We talked about they have to learn. They have to open the doors to new technology. They have to allow disruption in. They need to adapt and adopt and all those wonderful words. Do you think they're perplexed by what's going on, saying, wait a minute, we still want the spreadsheets. We still want to do things. What was wrong with after-the-fact reporting? What do you think, Srikam? Do you think this is perplexing to them? It, it, it is. It, it could get, you know, overwhelming listening to all of the terms and, uh, you know, everything that's happening at a rapid pace again. Uh, but I guess it, that's where it is the job of the, uh, the, the C-suite to be that conduit, right, between what's happening in the, uh, in, in the external world and, and channelize, uh, you know, kind of funnelize all of those and then make it simple and, and better uh, for, for the end users. So I think that's where uh, if, if all of these partners, you know, to what is happening, if they work together, collaborate, uh, then I think it's, it's going to be a beautiful uh, experience for, for the users of technology. 
I like the idea of beautiful experience and uh, it goes flies a little bit in the face of uh, Schumacher's first book, Small is Beautiful. We're trying to say, well, maybe maybe there is a compression of knowledge if you have all of this wonderful, these helping tools from this new technology, this disruption. We'll do a deeper dive on that later. Thank you so much, Recon, for joining us. And let's get to our lady of the day, Karuna Mukherjee, who brought us the Templosion. Karuna, I still love that topic, just the idea of Templosion. It's such an important word. I don't know. It just kind of grabs you and so I, I thank you for bringing it to our attention but let me read you have sent us a wonderful quote from Malcolm Gladwell blink the power of thinking without thinking anybody who's not aware he has a lot of curly hair not as much as Albert Einstein did but Malcolm Timothy Gladwell CM born 1963 is an English born Canadian journalist author and speaker he was a, has been a staff writer for the New Yorker since 1996 he's written five books let me rattle them off the tipping point how little things can make a big difference Aha, this goes back to Small is Beautiful from the Schumacher quote. Uh, also, Blink, The Power of Thinking Without Thinking, The Outliers, The Story of Success. I, th- I don't know if we have any outliers on this call. What the Dog Saw in Other Adventures, a collection of his journalism, and David and Goliath, Underdogs, Misfits, and The Art of Battling Giants all made the New York Times bestseller list. And let me just read you Blink, The Power of Thinking Without Thinking, which he wrote in 2005, presents in popular science popular science format research from psychology and behavioral economics on the adaptive unconscious. This is your mental processes that are working fast and automatically with very little information. What judgments are we coming up with based on a blink or a word or a dot or a semicolon? And how are the pitfalls of stereotypes interacting with us and civilization and society in general? But I digress. Here's the quote Karuna has selected. Insight is not a life bulb that goes off inside our heads. It is a flickering candle that can easily be snuffed out. That's from Malcolm Gladwell. Karuna, how have you been? I have been very good, and I did not think that the word Templosion would start a whole new career for me in in radio, so I'm quite excited about it as well. I'm glad. You just came back from vacation. How was it? It was very nice. I I got to spend about 10 days with my kids just just chilling, for lack of a better word. Chilling is the perfect word. In this age of Templosion, we need to chill. Unplug, go away, and chill. So tell me, are you a big follower and fan of Blink or Mr. Gladwell? And how did you pick this quote? And what does it have to do with our finance Templosion topic? Karuna? So I am a, I am a big fan of Gladwell. Um, you know, I have not read all his books, but I have read a lot of them. Um, I've had a chance to hear him speak in person a few times. And to me, it, the guy is just amazing. It, it's amazing the, the way he can connect dots from, from psychology to technology to finance to what have you, right? To me, that's what intrigues, about, intrigues me about that individual and about his writing. Uh, the reason I picked this quote, you know, insight is a term that is, you know, used extensively when we talk about, you know, analytics and technology, especially in finance. There's a lot about, you know, getting financial insight, getting to the insight quicker, and my main purpose for selecting this quote was really that the fact that it is a journey, right? It's not a one-time, you know, I, I need the insight I want, but rather, as he said, right, it's this flickering bulb, right? It's a bulb that needs to be kept alive. It's an insight that needs to get embedded into your intellect, right, about having the capacity and the ability to really get insight from where you would not have thought you would get it. And hmm. so that's hence my reason for selecting this quote. 
Thank you very much. I, I am going to tweet that you're quoting Mr. Gladwell. And by the way, if anybody's interested, his handle on Twitter is simply Gladwell. He's just a one-name wonder. There you go. Very interesting guy. Thank you, Karun, and thanks for joining us again. And now it's time to get a little bit up close and personal with our panelists. We're going to keep it really brief today because we have so much to talk about on the, the serious side after the break, which will be the formal roundtable. So, Sam Parikh. Two questions. Where are you calling from and what's in your cup today or what are you dreaming about drinking later? Sam, talk to us. Uh, Bonnie, I'm calling from home today, uh, sitting in sunny Fremont, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, right after this call, I'll be heading to the client. So I decided to stay home and not fight the traffic or not run the risk of taking this call from the car. Uh, so uh, really morning for me so what i'm drinking right now is uh, just simple homebrew coffee and that's my first cup of uh, jolt this morning um <laughs> and uh, what what i plan to drink uh, later in the evening is going to be something fairly simple like uh, like a tea or something and just an interesting story yes. it's a um, holy month in the hindu calendar so just observing uh, no meat no alcohol diet uh, and trust me, it's trying my patience. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're honest about it. That's okay to make that kind of commentary here. Your secret is safe with us, Sam. We won't tell a soul, okay? Thank you very much. I'm glad you're home this morning, and I'm glad you have some good coffee in front of you. John Essek, where are you? What are you drinking, or what are you dreaming about in your cup today? So I am in Chicago, Illinois, in our office here. And uh, Sam, I admire your uh, your willpower there to to abstain. Uh, I've been on the opposite side of the spectrum, working my way through uh, a six pack of uh, Oktoberfest beer in the last week. Even though it's Woo-hoo. August, they, they already started releasing all the you know all the Marzen style beers, which I'm not typically as big of a a, a fan of, but uh, there's a, a really a really good one by Revolution Brewery here in Chicago that I like. So, thank you, John. And John, what time is it where you are in Chicago, and what's in your cup right now? We'd love to know what your morning beverage is. Any uh, anything you'd like to share with us? It is 10:23 a.m. in Chicago. I'm already two cups of coffee through. Um, you know, typically typically grind our own coffee here, either some something local or Starbucks is always good, and water is in my cup now, so I've had enough coffee. If I have another cup, you guys will want to talk to me. Well, we always want to talk to you, John Essex, so we're in your fan club, not to worry. You're safe with us here on Game Changers, and now let's talk to Sarikanth Thomas. Sarikanth, where are you calling from, and what are you drinking or thinking about today? I'm in uh, Houston in, in the office uh, uh, I have a black uh, black tea, a spiced black tea, uh, Indian chai, if you will, in in my cup. Um, it's got it's got ginger and it's naturally flavored, you know, ginger and cinnamon and cardamom and black pepper and cloves. In, Ooh, that in, in terms of you know relevance to our topic, it, it's a lot mm-hmm. in one cup, right? It's a lot of technology is happening in a compressed amount of time, so I'm having all of these ingredients compressed in a cup. So you're having a cup of tech. I've never quite heard that before. I like that. You're certainly in the spirit of, yes, it's Templosion time. Okay, Karuna, we'd love to know what, what is Temploding in your cup today, and where are you? 
So I am at home. Uh, I'm having a cup of coffee, but I want to give a special shout out to a colleague of mine at SAP, uh, Mario Farag, who besides doing what he does at SAP, owns a coffee estate in Panama and mm. grows his own coffee beans and goes once a year, brings the beans back, roasts it, and then gives it to all of us in, in the Palo Alto office. So I am having that coffee today. Um, so that, it's kind of interesting. Wow, is there a name to that fl- flavor of that coffee, or is it a one-size-fits-all coffee? Well, what's on the it's box or the bag? It's the one size. It's from his, his coffee, coffee estate that he owns in Panama, a small estate. And so, not commercial. He, As I said, he, he grows and brews for family and friends. And what's the last name? Just spell it for us, his name on the, on the estate? Uh, Farag, F-A-R-A-G. Thank you very much. Shout out to Mario. Nice to know. A lot of interesting people working with us at SAP. It's a big company. You bet. And you bet. we have a great panel today. We have Sam Parikh and Sri Kantama at Deloitte. And shout out to everybody at Deloitte SAP. That's the handle they're using for tweeting today. Thank you at hashtag SAP. And to John Essig at Simplify and Karuna Mukherjee, my colleague here at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. And they don't let me have coffee on radio show days. And we all know why. Cool, clear water and a cool, clear mug with a clear straw today. I don't need the yellow straw for sunshine because it's so beautiful out. I don't even have to wish and hope. I just would like it to get a little cooler. And I don't need the green straw for profitability because my panelists are going to take care of that. We're talking in particular today about Templosion technology and the future of finance. If you are a finance professional, open the windows, open the doors. Disruptive technology is about to crash through any minute now. If you're already embracing it, you may need to talk about a new business model. What is this new technology? What is it going to do for you? We know it's going to make your life better and make your work more strategic and more important to the future of the company you're working for. So there, we're going to take a quick break. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We will be right back. I promise. Michael out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. 
And indeed, we are back talking with Sam Parikh and Sarikantana at Deloitte, excuse me, John Essig at Simplify Karuna Mukherjee at SAP. We're talking about Templosion technology and the future of finance. Hey, finance, wake up. The future is here. You can't lock it out any longer. And that's what we're talking about. Let's start our roundtable. And Sam has agreed to start it off. And here's a comment Sam sent me in his notes, and we'll have him expand us. He says, a product of the field of research known as artificial intelligence, cognitive technologies have evolved and businesses are taking a new look at them because some have improved dramatically with impressive gains in computer vision, natural language processing, speech recognition, and robotics, among other areas. Sam, why don't you tell us more, please? Excellent, Pony. So I think where we want to go with artificial intelligence, I mean, if you think about the evolution of the technology where things like uh, natural language processing where the computers uh, and the softwares were built to understand the, the human language and, uh, and interpret and, and come back to conclusions with it. Uh, or you take a look at the process automation uh, using the software or even the cognitive learning where the computer self-learns based on experience uh, what, the, what the human mind is thinking. All these capabilities are giving finance with uh, what I would call like additional weapons to address some age-old challenges. Reduce cost, reduce risk, and uh, increase the insights that dive into both the top and the bottom line growth. Where the technology has evolved um, in, in terms of uh, uh, robot process automation as well as uh, in-memory computing or even natural process learning is directly now impacting the operational side of finance. The back office operations, as simple as invoice matching from the vendors, which in some cases can take you know two or three people or a process flow that changes hands two or three times can now really be done by machine now in in seconds and not requiring that much of a manual effort so these kind of capabilities are now going to really really you know impact how we think how we operate in the finance world and what are the skills that will be required and uh, and early on in the show you alluded, you alluded to the entry of millennials into the workforce, right? And they, their mm-hmm. familiarity with this is also impacting it. They are so familiar, they are so early adopters and easy, ready to adopt these technologies. It's impacting, really impacting the world of finance. Thank you very much. Very thoughtful and uh, very provocative. I'd love to hear what John Essig has to say. John, any or all of what Sam talked about? Let's take 90 seconds and give us your thoughts on this part of our roundtable. All right. Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, yeah, in my specific area of, of expertise within enterprise reporting, analytics, uh, you know, definitely definitely seeing some movement, as Sam is saying. I'm not sure how fast the adoption is, is going to be, but there are really companies are collecting so much data now. Um, and as uh, Sam said, when we look at, the capabilities for machine learning, from data mining, from predictive predictive technologies, um, and the unsung hero here is really 
the platform that is now available for these companies with in-memory computing and advances in database technologies to really allow companies to extract the value out of all this data. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunity out there. I do, see, I do see some companies taking advantage of this, especially more large enterprise companies. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for consumer product companies to get more information about customers, buying habits, you know, consumer sentiment information, wrapping all this information together, and really, again, driving value from that. So um, it's, it's still interesting to see how this progresses and in, in the rate of adoption. Uh, mm-hmm. But like Sam said, for those who, are, who really kind of get this, they have a, a competitive advantage here. Thank you, John. Let's turn to Sri Kantama. Sri, talk to me. Um, I, I, I do agree with uh, you know, both John and uh, Sam in, in the points that they brought up. In fact, you know, smart scanners was one of the things that I was going to talk about uh, to, to take care of a simple back office function like you know, accounts payable, processing, or vendor invoice scanning, right? So um, uh, I think the, the recent uh, advancements in that area will, will help the, the back office function even more. Uh, but at a little higher level, um, I think the artificial intelligence or, uh, will, will also help in, in the area of analysis of uh, past trends and, you know, past data and then give trends for the future, right? You know, predictive analytics, I'm sure you must have covered the topic a lot of, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of times in, in, in your past shows. Uh, but I, I, I think that's one area where organizations will, um, will see the ease in, in planning or budgeting uh, one to three years into the future. Um, and another topic is where uh, market information, right? You know, taking that market information and baking that into the organizational data, the data get, that gets generated within the organization, and and I guess merge that data and then bring insights out of that. So, um, so so the the finance function, um, the organizations can, uh, for example, plan things like optimal cash position in the in the near term. You know, over the next two to four weeks, uh, make better investment decisions, make the right procurement decisions. Um, So in those areas, I see um, increasing use of the latest technologies uh, to to make uh, better business decisions. Thank you very much. A quick question before I bring Karuna into this conversation. Srikanth, you mentioned in the next two to four weeks, is that in the era of Templosion? Is that considered near term? Is it that fast? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, well, I, my my point around uh, two to four weeks was in terms of specifically the the near term cash position, cash forecast, mm-hmm. right? You know, what, what do I need? You know, what are the payments that are that are coming up that the organization need to make um, next week or the week after? And then where do I go get that liquid uh, money from? And then is is that the right place for me to go to, uh, given the the interest that I need to pay? So it was it was two to four weeks in that context. Thank you. You were scaring me because I know Templosion says it's compressed, but I didn't think everything we're talking about was that fast. But, hey, it's possible, isn't it? Karuna, talk to us. What do you think? So, I, you know, I definitely I think I agree with the panel. Just a couple of points that I would like to add, you know, where Templosion in, in the context of finance uh, if you look at something like financial planning forecasting, you know that has over the years moved from a, you know, annual activity to a quarterly activity to a monthly activity, and now with the use of technology, it has actually become, you know, a very 
it's become a real-time process, right? Companies out with the information that they have now have the ability to really forecast and plan what's going to happen, not just at the end of the quarter, but even end of the day, right? Retail is doing a lot of that in terms of, you know, how to price, how to how to position, how to discount products. So technology has creeped in a lot from a very, from a pure finance perspective. Uh, the other thing that I am seeing a change in in the last, you know, two to three years and more so even in the last one year is there has been a general acceptance of that things need to change and technology needs to brought in. So companies are making a very sincere effort to bring in uh, people with those skills that can really help them transform finance, right? So this is more in the areas of large companies, mid to large size companies. I think the smaller, you know, small small businesses, smaller companies, I think they have already adopted because for them it is a more cost-effective option, right? If, you know, if you start you know, offering Apple Pay to your customers, you know, right there they have solved a lot of the issues around payments and security and things like that. So I think the trend is happening, right? It, it, it's a given right now versus should I or should I not do it? Thank you, Karuna. I'm going to move this fast because we have so much more to talk about. So, Sam, rather than getting you to wrap this up, I'm looking at some comments here for the roundtable from John Essig. John, you're mentioning cloud a lot. Let me just read a couple of notes here um, from you, and then I'll let you dive in for two minutes. You say companies that adopt cloud now will be at a competitive advantage. Then you add in-memory computing and advances in database technologies are enabling rapid change. And they let me see one more here, adoption of in-memory and cloud-based solutions are increasing, but not as fast as you think. Can we reflect that comment, the last one, onto the Templosion explosion of tech in finance? John, talk to us. Give me a two-minute overview, please. Yeah, and it really goes back to the, the comment that Karuna just made. I remember being on radio with you, Bonnie, uh, two, three years ago, talking about predictive analytics. And at that point, mm-hmm. it was a very forward-thinking topic. Um, like like Karina said, there wasn't yet acceptance for that. There wasn't yet complete acceptance for cloud-based technologies, for in-memory-based, compu- you know, for in-memory computing. Um, and now, you know, I was just meeting with a company a couple months ago, very large enterprise, Fortune 500 company, and a VP said there, why wouldn't we be using predictive analytics? Why wouldn't we be doing this? This is silly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so that, that kind of reflects, you know, two, three years ago, the, the question would be, so what is this? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the, accept, the acceptance is, is definitely on, on the uptick. Um, and I think as it relates to cloud-based computing and memory computing, it hasn't been as adopted adopted as quick as I would have thought, but now I think we're at a point where that acceptance is there, people are ready, and to some extent mm-hmm. the technology is even catching up and getting a better understanding of how do we meet their requirements. Uh, mm. One other thing I wanted to touch on just very, very quickly uh, in relation to adoption, uh, and it kind of relates back to my first quote, but Larry Ellison uh, has a quote from 2008 that says, I'm not going to fight this thing, but I don't understand what we would do differently in the light of cloud. Mm-hmm. And Larry Ellison, obviously another very smart guy, but um, it's it's very hard to predict the application of these new of these new technologies. And I think we're at a point now where that statement is almost 
completely been proven wrong, at least from my perspective um, with the businesses that I've been working with. You know, the majority of companies that I work with, when they're looking at net new applications, even large enterprise ones, are looking at the cloud, are looking at and evaluating predictive. Where does that fit into my roadmap? Um, you know, just some stats from a, a survey here is 35% of companies are, are using or planning to use cloud for, for BI in, in the upcoming two years. Um, and per Karuna's point as well, a lot of the small enterprise companies, they just adopt it more as a, as a de facto, right? It's mm -hmm. harder for the large enterprise companies when they've invested so much in their infrastructure to, to change, really to change midstream. Um, so anyway, the last couple of points I'll, I'll make here in relation to, to cloud-based computing, specifically what I think is interesting, we talk about advances in, in, in memory computing, but a couple, a couple things has happened. With, with new cloud-based applications, companies have had the opportunity to kind of rewrite the underlying code that has been used within ERP systems for the last 30 years, getting rid of hundreds of relational tables and focusing on one. So really a new focus on simplicity and the end user that's very, very appealing. And some of these, some of these technologies are still catching up um, really from a requirements perspective, but there's a lot of value for companies um, to not have to, you know, take step one of building an infrastructure, take step two of how do I get my information, of getting that all, you know, right off the bat um, and getting it a focus on, that focus on simplicity, I think, is helping drive this, this faster adoption. Thank you very much, John. Appreciate that. Recap, Tama, why don't you comment briefly on what John said, then we'll bring in Karuna and Sam, and then we'll move on. Recap. Yeah. I think cloud adoption is is surely a, a way to go for for organizations, right? You know, why why would I have to purchase this huge racks of, uh, of memory, uh, you know, uh, hard drives, and then keep, keep it in, uh, in on my premises? But but I guess uh, uh, the assurance that the uh, organizations need, the CIOs and CFOs, is that. Is my data safe? You know, when, when my workforce is working on their terminal sitting in my office, and if my data is hosted, my application is hosted on a cloud platform, mm -hmm. uh, when this data travels back and forth on the Internet, is, is that safe? When, it, when this data resides on an external cloud service provider's systems or, you know, or, or uh, hard disks, is that safe? You know, is that uh, safe from hackers to kind of hack into? I think that assurance... Um, it, it's there to a great extent, uh, other than a couple of incidents, you know, that have happened where credit card information is lost, you know, for some of the retailers' uh, customers. Uh, mm -hmm. But but I guess more um, uh, diligence need to happen, more uh, work needs to happen on that front to be able to give organizations that assurance uh, to ensure faster adoption. Now now the point uh, that John made about you know predictive analytics uh, that that can be on on-premise solutions as well as on cloud. Uh, but the advantage on being on cloud for organizations is that. Um, let's say they don't have to go through, you know, frequent upgrades to, to their systems and their applications, uh, which, which is what typically they need to tackle when it's on-premise. You know, when, when things are on cloud, um, uh, it's, uh, it, it comes as a package uh, by some of the software service providers where they say, 
you know what, we'll get you onto the next version. You don't have to upgrade it. You don't have to go through the painstaking process of, uh, you know, months of upgrading your applications. We'll take care of that. So I think um, there, there are surely advantages for organizations to adopt cloud faster. Thank you very much, Karuna. Thoughts on cloud? Well, the cloud is everywhere. Um, you know, I think it's, it's truly been a disruptive technology, right? As I think a lot of my colleagues are pointing out, it's it's made technology accessible, right? And for my for me, that is the biggest benefit of the cloud, that I no longer need to spend two years implementing a solution that I need today, right? It is basically meeting my challenge of today versus I have the challenge today and it takes me two years to implement the product and configure it, and by the time two years are done, I need to go back and reconfigure it. So it's truly been a game-changing technology, infrastructure, mindset change uh, with cloud, especially for finance, you know, where the systems tend to be quite complex. There's so much involved in terms of the decisions that are made from the data that that is sitting in these systems and giving that ability to have an expert manage the system in the cloud and you as a business user just accessing it and and leveraging the benefit from it uh, is pretty amazing. Thank you, Karuna. Sam, let's circle around to you. Thoughts on what John introduced? Let's specifically keep it on cloud, if you will. Yeah, I think I echo the the comments made uh, made by John and, and the panel. Right, um, cloud as as John brought out the core. I think cloud is uh, in the new world. It's just like what would I do differently? Why not cloud? You know, it's not no longer a question if I should do a cloud computing or if I should adopt that infrastructure or not. In the world where there is a need to move fast, simplify the processes, simplify the more routine processes where and allow the business to focus on their core competencies, I think cloud just becomes a very obvious choice. The comments Shikant made about, you know, concerns around the data security and so on, they are still out there and they are still relevant. Uh, right, and so, but the software is evolving. You know, the processes and protocols are evolving to the point of making them more secure. And I see that more and more people are comforting, uh, getting comfortable with the new technology. The old big companies, it will still take time for them to adopt the technology just uh, for the very obvious reasons. Um, but I think in the in the world that we are going into, uh, I think cloud is going to become a fairly obvious choice and a very prevalent technology. Thank you very much. And now let's see if we can squeeze in two more topics really fast. I'm going to pick one from Sarikanth Tama and one from Karuna. We won't have time for a full roundtable, but I'd love to have you talk about them. So, Sarikanth, I'm looking at your notes here, and let's see what we want to talk about here. Uh, let's get specific. You talk about Templosion impacts on finance, and you sent me a couple of examples. Smart scanners with machine learning capabilities for scanning vendor invoices in formats and styles that vary and matching them with purchase orders, analysis of past trends to plan and budget one to three years into the future and baking marketing information into organizational data, suggesting optimal cash position in the near term. That's our 15 to 30 days. Uh, Srikanth, why don't you just give us a little overview of some of these details, just to give me a two-minute overview of what's the most important thing here for finance. Yeah, I think all of these are important, and I, uh, I kind of alluded to some of these um, you know, while talking about the previous topics from other panelists. Uh, but I, I did want to make one other comment about the cloud topic that we just talked about, right? There is also 
Um, I think from governments, there are some regulatory uh, requirements that uh, companies cannot host information outside of the boundaries of the country. And I think uh, the, the, the reason is that uh, you know, it's basically the, the risk perception from by the by these governments, right? And back to my point around giving more assurance to to governments and to business organizations that data is safe, uh, uh, no matter where it is hosted or where it is traveling to. Uh, I think that's required for for the regulatory uh, compliance to to become more liberal. I would say. Uh, so, but back to this topic. Um, Yes, you know, uh, all of these new technologies uh, will have applications across the board uh, for, for the finance function. Now, uh, if we talk about artificial intelligence, uh, this has been around, you know, for, for more than two decades now. Banks have mm-hmm. um, used them to make better investment decisions. Financial institutions have used them uh, to detect fraud and to pre- take preventive action, right? You know, when um, a, a, a signal or an indication comes out of the system that a credit card is being used in a location where uh, it has never been used before, it triggers uh, it triggers a message to the customer saying that, hey, you know, we see this, uh, uh, it's, it's not a pattern that we typically see in your credit card usage, so we wanted to alert you, right? Things like that uh, have been done in the past. There will be more increased uh, um, use of artificial intelligence in those areas. But also for the traditional finance function of, you know, commercial business organizations, um, I think these technologies will help finance in not just being a, being a steward, uh, but but also in being a strategist, right, to coll- collaborate better with the COO uh, and the CEO of the organization uh, to be able to make better decisions. Thank you very much, Srikanth. And Karuna, I saved a little bit of time for you. We're technically in our crystal ball predictions round, but since the topic is future finance, I think we've already been predicting. So let me just focus on something very interesting here in your notes. You talk about the 10-second barrier. If that's not implosion, I don't know what is. Olympian Usain Bolt finished 100 meters in under 10 seconds. Let's reflect on that for a second because anything more would just be silly. So is implosion silly? Is it already? Are we already hurtling? into the face of new technology that's going to help finance Karuna. Give us your POV. Why don't you take two minutes? Sounds good. Thank you. So as you can imagine, I'm a huge Usain Bolt fan, so hence, uh, hence I brought that topic up. But, you know, jokes aside, so that, you know, there is a whole concept around the 10-second barrier, right? And it, it really comes down to that a lot of the gut decisions that you make, you make in under 10 seconds. Right? And where we are today with implosion, with technology, uh, there is a lot of lot of thought that is going in. In fact, even Malcolm Gladwell talks about it. It's really, you need to train your intellect. You need to train your intellect to basically have the capacity to bring in information and knowledge and insight into that intellect to make those gut decisions. You know, we are talking about people making, you know, faster decisions, you know, faster business decisions, you know, a late decision can cost you millions of dollars, you know, so it's really about finding that balance of how we are going to leverage technology, how we're going to leverage the data that is available to us, the knowledge that is available to us, and then really mash that up with, you know, good old-fashioned gut, right, the gut instinct. And that is really where, if you think about it, is, is where the power is. Right, you want your instinct to have the capacity to read that information, to quickly understand the nuances and make the right decision for, you know, whether it's finance or anything else. 
you know, while Hussein Bolt just runs for 10 seconds, but there's a lot that goes into at that moment of those 10 seconds for him to really come out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the top, uh, the adjustments that he makes. And really that's kind of where, you know, the hope is that's where the future is, um, you know, where, where, the, where the success is going to come from. So... Thank you, Karuna. Karuna. You, you know, see that, that picture where he enjoyed the 10-second sprint. He's grinning to the photographer. He's got this wide grin on his face, posing to the photographer yeah. in, in the middle of the 10-second sprint. Correct. And so, was, in fact, there, there's a whole conversation around the fact that he has the capacity to even do that in 10 seconds yeah. while he's running the 100 meters. And, and, right. and Karuna, I have, to, I have to tell you that I used to, on, on our shows, we have a future of cars with game changers, future of the future with game changers, future of business with game changers. And uh, I used to, when I started some of these series for SAP, I used to say, what is the future? And then I'd say, in that split second after I ended the sentence with the period, that was the future, and now it's gone. It is that fast. <laughs> it's, it's, it's less than 10 seconds. Who said there, the, <laughs> That's, th- that's right. The future just flew by. So I'm going to give you each, uh, I'm going to give you a two-sentence, and make sure these are not five-minute two-sentences, please. Two-sentence prediction. We're just going to zip through this real fast because the future is about to happen, and we don't want it to pass us by. Sam Parikh, two-sentences prediction for technology. Finance and Templosion. Go ahead. Fast. Very, very simple prediction, Bonnie. The technologies we talked about, the cloud, the robot, uh, robot process automation, cognitive learning, is here to stay. And in the next three to five years, I can see the world of finance uh, completely revolutionized in the ways Thank we work you. and way we do the analysis. Perfect. Two sentences. John Essig, let's follow that model. Go ahead, John. My first job out of college, or, or maybe my second within finance, was matching vendor invoices. So it's, it's always hard to predict adoption, but what I can predict is that finance in, in general uh, needs to focus more on analytics, more on the 10-second rule, like Karuna just said, and less on data stewardship to be able to add value to the business in the future. Thank you. Well done. Srikant Tama, two sentences. See if you can do it. My prediction for finance is that by 2020, every finance person in in every organization will have a one-stop shop, one window on their computer to perform all of their business functions. Thank you. I think that was one sentence. Karuna, you still get only two. Go ahead. (laughs) So I think it's, I'm going to say it actually in in three phrases. I think it's going to be, you know, a high-touch, high-tech, high-growth environment. And that is all going to come together while we continue to provide products and services. Thank you and very much, Karuna. It's going to be a single screen. It's, it's, it's going to be seamless. It's going to be seamless. Tell me a question. Now, work-life balance, I see that in your notes. We used to call that, we started calling that a couple of years ago, work-life integration. Is balance even possible with all of these tech advances disrupting work and making us work smarter and faster? What do you think, quickly? I think it's a blend. Uh, you know, I want to make one quick comment here. As a, yeah. as a working mother of two children, technology has made my life so much easier and made me so much more productive. So I think there whether you, you call it balance, blend, integration, it's just amazing. Thank you. And the three, the four of you are all just amazing. Karuna, do you think there's a Templosion Part 4 in our future in 2017? Because I'm already planning shows for January and February. You think we can push this a little farther out, this topic? 
I think we can. There is so much happening, whether from SAP or Deloitte or our partners like Simplify. There's a, I mean, Tell you, you know, what. That's 12 months. I mean, if you're talking implosion, things will change in two months. I know, I know. Before the, <laughs> before the ink gets dry, the ink that isn't ink, why don't you send me a, a pitch for a new topic related to implosion? You could even take it into a different industry if you want. I think that would be a lot of fun. So I want to thank my four panelists. You've all been wonderful. Thanks for playing. Sam Parikh and Srikant Tama at Deloitte. Shout out to, to Carl. Uh, Neil and Amanda Bush and all the wonderful people at Deloitte who are so eager to send us thought leaders like the two of you here for Game Changers. We say thank you. John Essex, Simplify. Love the sense of humor. Love the smile. And John, just keep coming back for more. We love having you on the show. Karuna, what can I say? And a shout out to Michael and the Business Channel team at World Talk Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Have a great day. I'm on my way into SAP in Manhattan to go host a video for the Open SAP Thought Leadership MOOC. It's a big class, big course, and our our friend here on Game Changers Radio, Susan Solovic, the small business expert, is going to be my guest. We're taping a video to introduce her course about women starting amazingly successful businesses from scratch. Watch for news about that MOOC. So here we go. Call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Right now. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.